The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 17 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for returning for yet another episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. I am here reporting to you from Queens, New York City <laughs> on the sixth week of our quarantine. Yes, I have been home for six weeks. I can't believe it's actually uh, been that long. Um, and the weird thing is I'm like really not that antsy to get out of <laughs> to get out from lockdown. I, I'm not completely sure why. I haven't been able to analyze that. Last night, my husband and I, we were dreaming with a friend about the possibility of getting to go on a vacation this summer. Um, initially, I was actually supposed to go to uh, Sitka, Alaska to teach at the Sitka Fine Arts Camp. And I received, unfortunately, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, notice that they were canceling that. So um, I do still have plans to teach in the Pacific Northwest in August and possibly San Antonio, but obviously that's going to be up in the air at this point. Who who knows these days what's going to happen? But um, so my husband and our friend were going to fly out to Sitka and we, and they, we were going to vacation a little bit up there. Um, but since that got canceled, we were wondering if we should, if I should still fly there, obviously money-wise, that's going to be really rough if uh, nothing changes in the next few weeks. Um, so we decided just to cancel that and to, to potentially go up to like the coast of Maine. But, um, other than that, like I've been fine being at home and I think it's just because I am so scared to go outside that I, am okay with it. Like, I don't feel like I have cabin fever, but I also think that's probably just because I've been really busy. Um, I mean, thing, things here have been better in Queens. We're not hearing ambulance sirens, sirens as frequently. Um, and obviously things aren't like great yet, but, um, there's just a sense of like anxiety is not at like 100%. It's not like at its peak anymore. And I feel like with the, the positive news, it at least lets you feel a little bit better that the situation is getting a little better. But yeah, so that's where I am right now with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I've just been really, really busy. And I don't know if I like telling you guys that or if I should be proud or disappointed about it. Um, honestly, I just think it's me. I think it's the way that I function best. Um, since we've been shut in, I've written an article for Dance Magazine, Dance Teacher, uh, The Dance Business Weekly, my childhood dance school, and for Apollo, Apollo Performance Footwear's website. I'm also actually working on my second article right now for Dance Magazine, so I've been writing a lot. 
Uh, I found that writing, beyond the fact that it's like a good expressive outlet for me beyond dance, um, it also makes me feel like I'm doing something positive for for people who are shut in just like I am. It's it, If anybody can read my writing and feel a little bit better about their situation or learn something new about how they can uh, make like dance content, for instance, it's one thing that I wrote about. Um, it makes me feel good. And I'm learning that like, it's really important for me to find these feel good things. Like I'm really seeking out ways to feel good right now. So uh, I encourage you if you have been feeling bad to, to find the, those things uh, that work for you. Uh, beyond that, I've also developed seven educational dance videos that I have unlisted on YouTube. Um, I have three series of basic ballet home bar and conditioning, uh, two series of intermediate advanced ballet, uh, basic contemporary home warm-up and an intermediate advanced contemporary home warm-up. Um, and what I've done is I put these on YouTube because I know a lot of people are live streaming and pretty much like once you live stream uh, after 24 hours, it's gone. I wanted to have something that people could come back to week after week after week or day after day if they needed it. Um, so yeah, I, I've been filming a lot of those. Those take a lot of time to film and edit and then upload. But I, I did that. And my article for Dance Teacher was actually talking about how I did that. Um, so if you want more information about how you can do that on your own, you can check out that article and I explain it. But yeah, so what I've been doing, because obviously money's been crazy with all of my work being shut down and my husband owning his own service business. He's a professional organizer. He can't work with anybody right now. Um, what I've been asking is for people to make a $12 plus donation. Like it's like a recommended donation um, to gain access to the video link. So if you're interested in that, just let me know. And I have a Venmo. Um, people can also PayPal me for that. And that's just people have been so generous with that. It's been so helpful to make sure that we could still put food on our table. Um, other than that, I've started teaching Zoom contemporary classes for some old friends of mine from Pacific Northwest Ballet, Lindsay Deck, she's a principal there, and her husband, Carell Cruz, um, who just started, he retired from Pacific Northwest Ballet, and he uh, started teaching at Oklahoma University. Um, they, Lindsay's in Oklahoma, they just had another kid, so she's, I think, on a sabbatical, um, or what is that called? <laughs> maternity leave there we go um so she's been in oklahoma and they have a handful of students from the university i think there's a few from like joffrey ballet academy or the joffrey academy of dance and next gen down in tampa um that they've been working with and so they brought me in to teach some contemporary classes which has been a lot of fun learning how to teach zoom on zoom and uh in smaller spaces because a lot of these dancers are dancing in their bedrooms and their living rooms um but yeah, that's been nice. And then I I also am talking to a, a convention about taking part in their virtual convention and then also teaching at a school in Washington State. So yeah, I'm keeping busy. Beyond all that, I'm trying to stay in shape, giving myself bar two to three times a week and teaching yoga series to my husband and myself uh, one or two times a week. And I'm not certified. I would never teach that publicly, but I, I know enough about yoga to, to make that happen. So yeah, I'm doing a lot and uh, others are like me and then others are not like me and um, finding difficulty uh, to be motivated. And honestly, it's it's really important to just understand that there is no right or wrong and you don't need to feel guilty if you're taking this time to really just like relax and 
uh, have this time off. I feel like the earth, the the way of life on earth, it just it feels like everything starts moving faster and faster and faster. And some people at this time probably just need a moment to rest. Honestly, I think that I probably could use a little bit more time to rest, but um, I'm finding different ways to make it work. Um, but yeah, just, it's important to check in with your mental health and, uh, see how you're feeling. Um, like for instance, I've somehow created enough work to constantly do things, which has led me to realize that I actually need to enforce a day off. So I've started doing that. Um, but yeah, we've also been doing things like changing things up so that it doesn't feel like every day is Groundhog's Day. Every Saturday now, we're renting a movie on our television. Um, we're actually, this is going to sound horrible. I, I read a news article where this town, I think it was in Louisiana, to announce a curfew. They, The police went around with a siren that sounded like the siren from The Purge. And I was like, what's The Purge? And I Googled it and we found The Purge series. And uh, this Saturday, we'll be watching the third Purge movie. <laughs> election day um but yeah change it up try to find different ways that you can do things um other than that i'm still concerned about finances uh luckily my unemployment finally did go through i i filed on like the i tried to file on like the 16th of march i couldn't until the 18th it took them a week and a half to just tell me that they received it so it was like the 26th of march and then this past friday i think it was the 16th or 17th of april i finally got money in my account which was a relief. It pretty much only covers my rent. So, um, my husband is still waiting to find out if he qualifies for unemployment. Neither of us have gotten PUA that put pandemic unemployment assistance yet and no stimulus checks for us yet. Uh, we check the website every day and information is still not available for us. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful we have something coming in with unemployment and also, uh, the generous donations people have been making towards my lost income has been really helpful. So, um, but yeah, that's my update. That was a long update. Um, this week I, I wanted to talk, I'm going to talk about dancing in socks. Um, this is something that I've wanted to talk about for quite a while, but I had some inspiration to talk about it. Um, and that's why I'm going to do that. So before I get started, just a heads up, this is not a sponsored podcast. Um, but I do want to give an extra special shout out to Apollo performance footwear. Um, and the reason for that, I know I mentioned earlier, I wrote an article for them. Um, they've been generously providing me with socks for teaching and dancing for well over a year. I think it's a year and a half at this point. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about how I came to find them and why I, I use their socks later, but I just want to be forthright that they didn't ask me to do this podcast. Um, I've actually wanted to talk about dancing in socks for quite some time, but their generosity reminded me that I wanted to share my experience, uh, my experience progressing from not dancing in socks to dancing in socks because, um, back when I first started training and especially, sorry, especially it started training, but also back in my performance career, it wasn't very common and now it's, it's much more prevalent. Um, but yeah, so I, I've just been trying to pay it forward a little bit because they've been, Apollo has been so nice. To me. I wrote a, an article just talking, this actually wasn't about socks at all. I wrote an article for their website talking about uh, what it's like living in the epicenter of the epicenter of the, the COVID pandemic. Um, and then I just thought I would share a little bit of love today on my podcast um, because they just sent me some more socks and I just I'm really grateful that they've been 
generous to do that, especially now when all of these companies are losing losing business because a lot of people aren't working. So yeah, let's start. Let me start with like my history of socks. So as far as I'm concerned, people didn't dance in socks much when I started my career in 2003. Obviously, the world was a bit different then. The internet was definitely around for a period of time then, but it wasn't as much of like a massive system that it is now. Like social media wasn't really a thing. Um, I think MySpace was like starting to become popular then. Facebook was only available to college students. I believe you had to be in college to sign up for Facebook. Otherwise, it wasn't available to you. Um, And at the time, I was just starting my career. So obviously, I wasn't a college student. But yeah, um, there were like simple websites, but like purchasing things on the internet was not really that that popular of a thing like it was just starting I remember you could just start to get your groceries delivered and things like that um so yeah that's kind of where things were so I I don't know if they're around the world a lot that was happening because it wasn't like I could go on YouTube and just find footage of like contemporary work I know Europe has always been a bit ahead of the, the the fray when it comes to uh contemporary dance beyond the United States but um, I can't really vouch for it. At that point, I did a lot of research in magazines and things like that. Um, and I did not see too frequently people dancing in socks or choreography for socks, things like that. So um, it probably existed, but I never saw it. It was pretty much looked down upon by everybody that I knew. Um, essentially, if you wore socks in a ballet studio, they thought that you were lazy or you were a rebel or something like that. Uh I remember, so this was actually 2003, I remember auditioning for Houston Ballet and they asked us to perform a slide across the floor in some of the choreography. So we had like, we had bar, they made cuts. We did center, they made cuts. We did uh, partnering, they made cuts. And then we did some repertoire. And in the repertoire, they had a slide across the floor. Um, And almost all of us in the audition uh, tripped over ourselves because we weren't really trained how to slide. And wearing ballet slippers, it's a lot harder to glide like across the floor um, on the bottom of your slippers than it is uh, without slippers. So uh, luckily, <laughs> not being able to slide across the floor didn't stop me from getting into Houston Ballet and I, I got a contract with the company. Um, I remember distinctly the first day that Stanton Welch walked into the studio to teach company class and he was wearing socks. Uh, It was his first year ever directing a company and he was about the same age that I am now. So I think he was 36 years old. So exact same age. Um, He had had, he doesn't have, he didn't have, he has beautiful feet. And the dancers in the company used to joke that he only wore socks because it completely showed off how gorgeous his feet were. So we thought that was like an act of narcissism. Um, But in reality, he was probably just wearing them because of the comfort and dexterity. Uh, And also like considering that he wore socks, it was actually no surprise that there were a handful of slides in his choreography that we would get to perform throughout the rest of that season. Uh, This was his first year. Or sorry, this was my first year that I really saw dancers uh, wearing socks here and there. But sorry, no, that's not right. That I saw dancers sliding, but uh, nobody ever really wore socks. We only did it in ballet slippers. It was 
I think if you wore socks, that we probably would have honestly gotten in trouble. Mena Gilgood was uh, Stanton's assistant. Our, she was like the associate to the artistic director or something like that. She was a former director with the Australian Ballet for many, many years. Um, and she actually was, I think, his mom's dressing roommate when she danced for Australian Ballet. So she like watched him grow up. And he asked her to help her out. And she was very, very strict. She actually, I wore socks underneath my ballet slippers and I would wear them rolled down. And she would actually come up to me constantly and ask me to unroll them. So I'm pretty sure she would have come up to me and told me to take socks off if I was wearing them. Um, So yeah, I spent a year at Houston Ballet and the next year I went to Pacific Northwest Ballet. Over the years, dancers slowly started wearing socks. Uh at bar in bar and we also started seeing a few companies on stages outside of pnb wearing socks um yeah but it wasn't super it wasn't very very common um people would often mock them they would be like who wears socks um they would say you're not at home you look like you're at home just like walking around your apartment but slowly but surely, people started wearing socks at the bar. Not a lot of people. It was usually like just like two to three dancers. Um, I distinctly remember like the first time really noticing somebody wearing socks at a bar. Uh, it was my barmate and frequent partner, soloist Chelnessa Ames. And she would take bar and socks and then she would go immediately. I don't know how she did it, but she would immediately go from socks to point shoes for center. Um, nobody wore socks in center. Everybody always transitioned to whatever footwear they were going to wear uh, for the rest of the day in center. Um, I... The first time that I ever danced in socks that I can remember, like for performance, was um, Peter Ball had brought Victor Quijada, the artistic director and choreographer for the Montreal-based uh, dance group, dance company Rubber Band Dance. Um, he had brought him in, and we did a, a piece in in socks, and the, it was. They didn't call it contemporary. He had a bit of a ballet background, but he also had a hip-hop background. So the way that they expressed it was like a fusion of hip-hop and ballet. But in reality, it was contemporary. Um, and they he had us wear socks because it was really important that we were more grounded and had more of the ability to push our feet into the floor, but then also to like lift out of the floor and uh, move in a much smoother way with less friction um and also we had to often like roll over the tops of our feet and it's harder to roll over the tops of your feet when you have ballet slippers or point shoes on because um even with tights the tights aren't very thick um they're, they're usually pretty thin and it's just harder um so I remember wearing them and I, at first, yeah, my feet maybe hurt a little bit more because there wasn't as much support as you have in a ballet slipper. But over time, like I actually felt like my toes could spread out because in a ballet slipper or a point shoe, uh, your feet are more constricted, especially in a point shoe. Um, when you wear socks, um, your feet are contained, but the fabric allows your toes to widen and it allows you to feel more grounded and allows you to use the floor in a different way. It took me a few years after performing this piece to actually start wearing socks in class um, or anywhere else. I mean, I, I was doing ballet work most of the time, so there was no need to really wear socks in the studio. Um, 
and I do believe that you should wear the appropriate footwear for what you're you're going to do. But finally, in my final year dancing with Pacific Northwest Ballet, I started wearing socks. Um, to be completely honest, I think I started wearing them as an act of rebellion. Um, I knew I was leaving the company two months into the season, and I knew I wanted to dance for a company with a more contemporary repertoire. Um, so while nobody knew I had planned to leave the company, this was my way of making a statement of intention without having to verbalize it. I was like, well, I'm going to need to wear socks more often if I'm going to do contemporary work. But also, um, I, I was doing it just to like make a statement. I'm going to get back to this in a second. Guys, listen. So it's Thursday night, and we're going to pause it's seven o'clock. I'm going to open up my window so you guys can hear it. This is the beginning of the healthcare clap in New York City. So if you aren't aware, every night at seven o'clock, we hang out our windows and we make noise to show appreciation for everything that the healthcare workers have been doing for our our city, our communities, our neighbors our friends our family um and it's actually quite special i i do it every night it gets louder every night it started in just like smaller pockets of manhattan and slowly it's just blood out into the the burrows and uh it's just very cool i hope you can hear their bells people screaming clapping sometimes people will get instruments and they'll play their instruments out their windows other people will honk their horns and it just grows and it grows. It's probably one of the most heartwarming and one of the most unique things that I've ever experienced in my life. Because no matter where you are throughout the city, you can hear it. hear a kazoo, I can hear a saxophone, bells clapping, yelling. Just wanted to, I was, I was thinking right before I started that I might actually get through to seven o'clock. So I just wanted to offer you guys a chance to experience what it's been like here living in New York City. I love it. It makes me feel good. It's one part of the day that I really, really look forward to. It's going to keep on going. I'm going to continue podcasting, but I wanted to make sure that you got to experience that with me. Um, I, I know that in a lot of the U.S., people aren't close enough to do something like that, but it's just very, it's very moving. Some, some days you just hang out the window close to tears. It's a, it's a, it's a nice outlet for people. Okay. Back to socks. So where was I? I was saying how uh, I had been wearing I hadn't really been wearing socks. Uh, and then my last year in the company, I knew I was leaving and I wore them pretty much like an act of rebellion and to make a statement that I was leaving the company, even though I wasn't telling anybody that I was leaving the company. Um, but what I would do is I would, I would wear my socks for bar and then I uh, would change them for center. So I'd get into my ballet slippers for center. Um, and honestly, ever since I started wearing socks at bar, I've never been able to go back. I've tried a few times. I actually wore, wore ballet slippers uh, once when I was directing in Alaska and I ended up in uh, with a severe back injury the next day. And I don't know if it was because my back was not ready for it or if it was because of just the freedom of 
how I use my feet, but it wearing bar socks, socks at bar. Um, and then in, I don't wear them in center for ballet, but for other types of class is, is changed the way that I dance is changed the way that I choreograph and has offered me a different perspective on my feet and their connection to the floor. Since leaving PNB, I have always worn socks, a bar, and switched to ballet slippers for center. Um, I've performed in socks many times since as well, but only in contemporary works, never balletic works. And in rehearsals, like I said, I would wear whatever I was doing. Um, essentially, if I wore socks for like a ballet rehearsal, it would be like the equivalent to wearing rollerblades and ice rink. Um, but yeah, now that I've transitioned to the other side, I do teach exclusively in socks. Um, and my reasoning for doing that is because the first, the first reason was, um, I have a limited amount of ballet slippers and they're more expensive than socks. And so, uh, socks tend to wear some, depending on what the quality of the socks are, they tend to wear, uh, a little faster than ballet slippers, but they're a lot cheaper to buy. So if I could buy like six pairs of socks for like 12 or $15, like good quality socks, or even three for 12 to $15. They'll last me a, a lot longer than ballet slippers. Um, they're easier to wash. My ballet slippers tend to get stinky because I don't wear tights or socks in them. I just wear bare feet. Um, so with, with, with socks, I tend to just, I can wash them whenever I need to. Though the funny thing is you'll think this is gross because everybody does. I don't wash my socks more than once every like five to seven days. I do that because, um, socks tend to be slipperier when you wear them at first on a Marley floor or hardwood floor. The, the dirtier they get, the, the better they are. They still retain their ability to slide and glide. Oh, they're still clapping. It's five minutes crazy. I love New York city. All right. <laughs> I'm so distracted right now, but yeah, um, uh, they, if they're gritty and dirty, um, they still slide, but they have a little more texture for when you're actually doing more technical work. Um, also you can have more personality in socks, ballet slippers. You have like white, nude or black. And if you, uh, want to dye them or paint them, you can, but with socks, you can really just get whatever you want and who doesn't like to express their personality on their feet me <laughs> um but yeah will this change over time i don't know like i never thought that i'd be wearing socks in in a, a dance studio but um as i age i look at other teachers and i i hear a lot of stories how they are being told to switch from wearing ballet slippers to more supportive shoes whether it be jazz shoes or dance sneakers um and I, I do realize that it may not be as healthy to have a thin layer of support for my feet, but uh, it, it works for me and I'm used to being on my feet in that way. So I, I don't see the need to fix it at the moment. Um, we shall see. But I also feel like finding Apollo uh, has helped me change that as well. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, okay. I want to talk for a minute about the detractors of dancing and socks and maybe even why they exist. I've heard a lot of reasons that people don't like them. Um, one is that people think that they're lazy, that it's just so easy to put on a, on a pair of socks. Um, the main argument that I've thought about for socks versus like ballet slippers or, um, yeah, just ballet slippers is that it, it, when you wear ballet slippers, there's canvas either or leather. Leather is tougher to break 
down um, canvas is a bit easier, but there's a bit of texture to each and you uh, it doesn't conform as much to the feet. You have to use your feet to conform to the shoe. Um, and I, I've heard the argument that if you aren't wearing ballet slippers at bar that you are losing some of the strength building aspects of having to break down a, a stronger, thicker fabric. Um, and that, that does speak to me a bit, but, um, for me, I think that that may be more at like, uh, an elementary stage of learning how to dance, not necessarily at a professional level. I think at a professional level that you, you pretty much like build your foundation and then the work that you do is to maintain it. Obviously there are going to be gaps in your training where you need to strengthen things, but I think it's a much smaller scale. I don't think it's so much that like wearing socks at bar is going to different, like make a difference between you doing three pirouettes on stage or not. Um, I think that that you're going to figure that out earlier in your training. So I wouldn't recommend that you have students wearing socks at bar. Um, for ballet at least, but, um, I I do, I do understand that argument, but I think that at a professional level that it doesn't really have legs or feet. I'm hilarious. Um, (laughs) laughing at myself in my apartment. It's okay. I've been laughing at myself in my apartment for six weeks now. Um, but yeah, other people say it's not real dance attire. Uh, others think it's disrespectful to the art form. Um, I've also heard the argument that it makes floors more slippery. And I do actually have an argument to that. Um, I, I do think that the idea that socks maybe feel like they're polishing the floor, but um, the only reason that that would be a thing is if you are using fabric softener. Um, I know this for a fact when I was a union rep for, uh, or union delegate for Pacific Northwest Ballet, um, we found two things really affected the texture of Marley dance floors. Um, and it was... Dancers wearing lotion and laying on the floor on, so like wearing body lotion and laying on the floor made the floor really, really slippery. But the other thing was when dancers would dry their clothes, uh, or wash their clothes with fabric softener, um, I think it was more the liquid fabric softener, not so much like a dryer sheet, um, but when they would do that, that something would happen. And if they would sit on the floor, that that would be the worst where um, it would make it like an ice rink. So I think that the argument for the fact that it makes floor slippery, it's not so much that it's the socks, it's the fabric softener that people are using and then rubbing that into the floor. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're wearing sweatpants and you sit on the floor with, with fabric softener or having washed them in fabric softener, then it's going to have the same effect. So I... I uh, reject that argument and uh, just say don't wash your clothes in fabric softener and then go to a dance studio. It's very dangerous. Um, the other arguments are aesthetic. Cut the, they cut the line of the leg at an awkward place. Um, but obviously it depends on like what types of socks you're wearing. Um, in my contemporary classes, I ask dancers to wear socks, um, but I don't like them to have the like ankle, like no show or ankle height socks. It's more, it needs to be more like a crop. Um, but yeah, I mean, aesthetically contemporary dance may be looking for different things. So, um, yeah, those are, those are really the arguments that I've heard from detractors. Um, the reasons that I like wearing socks for me, I, I think specifically at PNB, I stopped using my feet through the floor. It might have actually happened before that at the School of American Ballet. I think a lot of it had to do with 
performing fast footwork. Um, and then also, yeah, wearing the thicker fabric of a ballet slipper. So the combination of the two of those, I think that I... I was really good at pointing my feet. I was really good at getting my feet into fifth position or first position or um, back onto the floor. But I, the first time I ever heard this was when I auditioned for the Joffrey Ballet and Ashley Weeder pulled me aside. He's the artistic director there um, in Chicago. And he was like, there's something about all the P&B dancers that come to to audition here that they grip their foot um like a the claw of like a a bird and i always say now i make jokes i call bird on a wire um but that like look of talons like in the arch being pulled up he said that's very common from dancers that come from pacific northwest ballet to use their feet like that and it stayed with me ever since because that was the year that i actually was auditioning to leave pacific Northwest, northwest ballet um once I started wearing socks it helped me find the articulation of my feet again uh once I, I left Pacific Northwest Ballet, um, I can also change the, what, what I also like is I can also change the friction of movement on the floor. I can make the floor feel really slick for sliding in socks, or I can use, I can make them feel very textured for technique. And really because the, there's less fabric between my actual foot and the floor. And then also the type of fabric that's often used in socks, um, if I lift just a little bit out of my body, almost like I'm going to jump, but I don't leave the floor. So if I run and then I do that, like that almost jumping, but not letting my feet leave the floor, it completely removes friction from the floor. And there's barely any friction between the socks and my, my, uh, the socks on the floor. Um, and that allows me to slide. But then if I get put a little bit more weight into my feet and I push down to the floor, there's enough texture for me to actually be able to execute like solid ballet technique. Um, one place that I've noticed uh, that it does affect, and I'm going to talk about this in two seconds, is turning. Um, but yeah, if I have to go to the, uh, the, the the other thing that's really helpful with is if I have to go to the floor over the top of my feet, um, and there's a lot more floor work being performed these days in contemporary ballet and contemporary work. Um, I have the protection so that I don't get Marley burns on the top of my feet or hardwood floor burns on top of my feet. Um, it's really that much easier to, to slide down to the floor and up and around. Um, but yeah, my feet have really improved greatly since I started wearing them. Uh, and yes, while maybe wearing ballet slippers in class does help strengthen my feet, I do believe if a class is structured well enough that it shouldn't be that much of an issue. I think it's such a minute amount of strength. Like I said before, if it's a student, yeah, wear your ballet slippers. You need to be building that strength. But as a professional, like you're essentially maintaining a, a baseline level of strength um, that you built prior to getting to your level. Um, back to what I was saying before about turning. I do find that turning in socks is much more difficult. Um because there's something about that sort of like twists and bunches a little bit, even if it's like minor, um, I have a much harder time turning on Marley floor. doesn't mean that you can't, I've seen some socks, some, sorry, some socks, some dancers, especially convention dancers that are used to dancing on carpet. I've seen them. I, I swear they could turn like 20 times with bare feet. They could turn like 15 times with socks. And then you put a ballet slipper on them and they can't move. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming pretty much like if you train enough in any fashion, barefoot socks, uh, like those foot thongs that they give modern dancers, um, ballet slippers, point shoes, you can figure out a way. Um, but I find that it's 
it's hard for some to transition from one to the other. So for me, ballet slippers, I can turn really well. Bare feet, I can barely turn at all. Um, this is on a high demi point for like balletic turns. And on socks, like usually two or three, but I can't do multiple, multiple turns. Um, but yeah, much, much more difficult. Um, I also feel that socks can be really slippery when uh, it comes to things that move really fast or across the floor. So performing petite allegro or grand allegro, I, I feel it's more dangerous to, to dance in socks. So I'm not really a big fan of that. Though when I auditioned for Hubbard Street, those dancers, most of them, they did take class completely in socks. And they, they've made, figured out how to make it work. But um, like, for instance, at, at Broadway Dance Center, where we have uh, a range of different styles coming into classes and floors do tend to be slippery because of that, um, I usually don't recommend the dancers wear socks because I'm just afraid that they're going to fall on their face. They do need that extra texture of a ballet slipper to keep them, keep them uh, upright. We don't want you sideways or downright when you are in a ballet class. No, we do not. Um, so yeah, lastly, uh, I just want to talk really quickly about finding Apollo because I mentioned earlier, this isn't sponsored. They didn't ask me to do this. I'm doing this because I want to do this. Um, I, I had been watching Apollo performance footwear, um, for quite some time once they launched, because I was really curious, like if a sockwear company could, essentially could 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 survive because i was kind of like what's the point in like paying for a paying a lot for a pair of socks when you could just go out and buy socks and if they're not working just get rid of them and wear another pair and you only spend like two to five dollars per pair um but i i was curious because the, the their socks offer different support than traditional socks <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and, and I mentioned that earlier as a teacher, I was wearing normal socks. And if I was teaching long days, yeah, my feet would get sore. I mean, your feet are going to get sore no matter what, if you're standing for long periods of time or dancing for long periods of time, actually it hurts more to stand. Um, I remember my first day dancing with Houston Ballet. I was like, I am not cut out for this career because after six hours of just standing and understudying, I thought my feet were going to die, but you get used to it. Um, but yeah, so I was curious about like their extra, the extra support that they offered. And also because they have the option to put traction on socks. Um, but I couldn't imagine paying $20 or $30 for a pair of socks. Um, most of the socks I was wearing prior to wearing a Paula, um, they would break down in anywhere from one to three weeks. And I was like, I am not paying $30 for a pair of socks that will break down the same amount of time that a ballet slipper would. I'd rather just pay the money for a ballet slipper and wear my cheap socks. So perhaps my ego got the best of me. This is honestly the first time that I've ever done this, but I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, I have a podcast and, um, I've written for, I've written blogs and I would love to try your products out. And if I like them, maybe I'll mention them here and there. Um, and they were really super nice and kind and sweet. And they got back to me and they said, absolutely. Um, and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Cause that's like how my brand is candor. I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I really want to test them out because I couldn't imagine paying $30 for a pair of socks, um, that are only going to last a month. Even if they last two months, it seems like it's not worth it. Cause I might as well just buy a pair of ballet slippers. Um, and they were so thoughtful and understanding of my skepticism. Um, like, there's 
I'm not going to name names, but there's a certain footwear company um, of a brand. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm not, I'm not the hugest fan of Gainer Mendens. I'm sorry, my friends that work for Gainer Mendens. I'm sorry for my dancers that work Gainer Mendens. Um, and I, I, I just don't like how they look on feet. And um, I feel at times that... People that wear Gator Mendens are can be very defensive of them because they do get a lot of shit from people. Um, and I feel like the response is more... I mean, I, I've had some really good conversations with some friends where it, it is educational, but they're almost a little bit on edge about knowing that people are going to diss them before it even happens. And honestly, I was expecting the same from Apollo. I feel like I'm gonna get in so much, <laughs> so much crap for saying this, but you know, life. If they want to reach out to me and we want to have a conversation about, it, we can. I have no problem with that. A good, friendly, educational, and uh, unlike much, much of the politics in our country these days, respectful conversation. But yeah, so um, they weren't defensive at all. They were thoughtful and understanding, and they said, you know what. Let's talk about it after you wear them for a month or two um, or even longer. And if they aren't working, let's talk because so, we would love to figure out like what's working and what's not working. So they offered to send me uh, three pairs to test them out along with their spray to, uh, for traction. So I got like a pair of traction and two pairs without traction or maybe the other way around. Um, and yeah, I gave it a chance. And here's the crazy thing. This is where things change for me. I just received a new shipment of socks from them a few weeks ago. So like I said, that's what spurred me to uh, do this podcast because I got them. Um, that was at the beginning of April. So that's April 2020. This is only the second shipment that they've sent me. So three pairs of socks. I got my first pair of socks in October of 2018. Um, so that's three pairs. That's like six months per pair of socks. And... I, I even split between, like, I would go back and forth between some of them. So, I mean, anywhere like six months to a year, they lasted. I've been utterly baffled because I go through ballet slippers, like I said, every few weeks. But I don't know how they did it. These socks don't break down like typical socks you can buy at a store. Um, I mean, I usually go to, like, Century 21, bougie discount expensive socks um and get like thicker more higher quality like brand name socks but um yeah i've just been very impressed with how these work and the support that they they give me i i noticed that i my feet do feel better than they did when i was wearing traditional socks because um they don't just like suck into your arches there's like padding and extra thickness on like the ball of the foot and in the heels um, and then it wraps up to your calf. Uh, they're essentially like compression socks mixed into a dance sock. And the, the traction has really helped when I teach a contemporary class at Broadway Dance Center because, like I said, the floor is going to be really, really slippery there because of the different styles going back and forth. So, yeah, I've, I've just been pleasantly surprised with that company. Um, and I'm really grateful that they, <laughs> that they, uh, <laughs> were willing to, to send me their socks so that they could get me on board because I was very vocal with them that I didn't truly believe that they would last long. Honestly, that was my only concern. Um, socks are socks are socks are socks. Um, um, and obviously they're not like the compression sock is different than a regular sock. But for me at the, at that point, I, that was my thought. like socks are socks are socks. So it didn't matter. But the fact that these, they last so long and they have all that support, it was just like, a no-brainer for me. So, 
yeah, that is my story of how I came to dance in socks. If you ever see any footage of me uh, teaching or if you see any photographs of me teaching or choreographing, I am always in socks. I only wear ballet slippers now when I am taking Nancy Bilsey's class at Steps on Broadway and taking center or if I'm traveling and I want to get in somebody else's class. Um, when I give myself my own class, I wear socks. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really curious to hear, are you a sock person or you're not? Um, I know a lot of my ballet people are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to cringe, but I hope that it's opened your mind a little bit to the idea of uh, the value of socks. I do think that they are very necessary for contemporary work um, because for contemporary work, it is, as I always say, the best of the ballet world and the best of the modern dance world. So you have to be able to get grounded and to be able to roll on the floor and glide and uh, and move your feet in different ways. But also at the same time, you have to be able to show off that you are technically trained in the art form of ballet. Um, that is my idea of the best contemporary. And if you do look at a lot of the different choreography that is out now, the current choreography, um, a lot of it is being performed in socks. So um, even if you don't like it, you gotta, you gotta do it because... Uh, that is the times. All right. You gotta, you gotta be relevant to that. You have to be able to adapt. So, um, I would strongly recommend if you don't dance in socks, start adding it to your practice. Um, even if it's just seeing what it feels like in bar. And like I said before, wear them dirty. If you wear them clean, they're going to be real slick. Cool. Yeah. Reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you want to check in with me, tell me how you're doing with this COVID craziness. Please do uh, make sure that you aren't being too hard on yourself. Um, everybody is in different stages of, of feelings and activity, and wherever you are today is okay. All right, I, I'm going to leave you guys with that there. All right, I hope that you are all healthy and that you are well and that you are taking care of both your physical and mental health. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorlis.com. Again, that's www.barrycorlis.com. I'm also the artistic director and choreographer for Movement Headquarters Ballet Company. And if you would like to learn more about our professional troupe, you can check that out at www.movementhqballet.org. You can also reach out on those websites if you would like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements i hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me if you enjoyed this chat please feel free to share rate and review our podcast on itunes every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running and if this didn't fulfill your dance fix check out my sister podcast on the premier dance network if you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to check out my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer at lifeofafreelancedancer.blogspot.com, and I wrote on there for five years about working as a freelance artist and independent contractor. I also have Dancing Off Stage, and you can find that at dancingoffstage.blog. No, that's at dancingallstage.wordpress.com. That's the one. And you can head on over there to read about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. I also have choreography on YouTube, and you can find that by going to youtube.com, heading to the search panel, and either going to B. Corollis or to the Movement Headquarters Ballet Company channel. 
I hope you return two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.